creative friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Living Creatively with your host, Monica Parks. And Angela Dalton. This is the podcast where we discuss topics about finding, nurturing, and protecting your creativity and creative spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. But first, let's do check-ins. How are you, friend? I'm good. Let's go. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> okay, Shawtown. All right, listen. <laughs> On today's episode of Living Creatively. <laughs> I am so excited for today's episode. We have been talking about it. It has been like a long time in the making, so I'm ready. Yes. So we've talked about it. Y'all have seen us on other episodes where we talked about these beautiful tarot cards that we got. And we actually have the creator, Niasha, with us today. (laughs) And we are so excited to pick her brain, to find out all about her. And just find out like the mind behind the creative behind these beautiful cards. Yes, Niasha, before we have you come on, I want to read your bio because we need to give you all the flowers. So yes, please. All yes. Sit back and listen to Miss Niasha Williams bio. Miss Niasha Williams, a passionate social justice griot, grew up living intermittently between the United States and South Africa. Niasha's mission is to use words and stories to decolonize literature, minds, and spiritual practices. Mm. Niasha is a firm believer that the story lives within each of us and that it is our mission to use our stories to spread understanding, healing, and empowerment. Niasha encourages us to uncover and share our stories through her work so that we can all learn, grow, and create meaningful change. She currently has four children's book titles out there's this one. What's the commotion in the ocean? There's also my favorite. I affirm me. And also, if you're like you're not listening, if you're not watching us on YouTube and you're listening to us on our podcast, you got to go to the YouTube channel to see these beautiful books. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, she has five. Count them. Five. One, two, three, four, five book titles coming out in 2023. Wow. Along with an oracle deck. In the fall of 2023, her tarot deck, Black Tarot and a Sexual Awakening deck and guidebook came out in December of 2022. You have seen it here on the show. We have talked about it many, many times, and we are so excited to have its creator, Niasha yes. Williams, on the show. Thank you for coming and joining us, Niasha. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate y'all having me. I'm excited to be in the space. Yes. Oh, so, so good. So listen, let's just get right to it. Um, just trying to find out, like, how did we get here? Like, what what was the project that got you into, like, your creative space that, that started your creative career? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a creative person. Um, my mom jokes about how she was not a creator at all, but I would wake up so early in the morning at 5 o'clock and be ready to do stuff. So she made all these crafts and things for me to do, like, set up all these different things because I just loved creating um I was the kid in the neighborhood who would like get all the neighborhood kids together and run the talent shows and stuff like that that was my energy and my vibe always so I've always liked organizing I liked getting people together in collaborations and I've always just enjoyed bringing things to life and creating um writing was not something I developed growing up really very strongly um 
a lot of my college friends would joke on me, like like laugh a little bit that I'm an author now, considering just where my writing skills were. Like I had the ideas, but like my writing, they needed to do a lot of editing for me to get it to where it needed to be in terms of turning it in papers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But here we are. And, you know, where the call to start writing, especially children's books came from, was just I, um, after culinary school, I was like, all right, what's next? Um, and I was in South Africa at that time. And I was like, where am I going next? And I applied for an alternative teaching program. And I um, applied for one of the teaching residencies. And the two places that I was looking at were Baton Rouge or Baltimore. I knew nothing about really either. Baltimore, the only thing I knew about was the Hairspray movie. And I was like, all right, we'll see where I end up. And I ended up in Baltimore. <laughs> and landed in Baltimore. And it was a very unique and different experience for me. It was definitely a different culture shock. I've been through a lot, but this was a new one. And so I started there and this program was really intensive and quick. It was like a, a summer school. We literally taught summer school. And then I was in the classroom teaching my own kids, had my own classroom. So it was Whoa. very, very quick. And like, did I feel fully prepared? Absolutely not. Um, so that's kind of what kicked off that, but I did love teaching and my parents had always seen me as a teacher and, um, I taught kindergarten, the kindergarten babies. So five-year-olds are so my jam. Um, they are just like, I mean, those are the minds, you know, like preschool and, and kindergarten babies are the minds that we can shape and really can make the change. That's where it starts. So mm -hmm. I love working with those babies and they're just so open minded and they're just, sponges ready to like learn and explore and understand the world and they're just so intelligent and can really process so much more than I think people realize mm -hmm. and so I just had the most amazing babies it was hard work and uh, you know I can go on and on about how teachers don't get paid enough and all the problems in our school systems but mm -hmm. I really wasn't seeing my kids reflected in the classroom, in the curriculum. I wasn't seeing in the books. I wasn't seeing it like visually in the posters and things like that. And my classroom was pretty diverse in Baltimore. And I just was not seeing that. And that's kind of where that kicked off. So I started talking to a couple of my teacher friends and they felt the need too. They had sons and they were like, yeah, this would be great. Like I feel the feel of vibe, but I think there wasn't enough momentum for us to fully kick off. You know, when you have those ideas and they just sit, that's kind of where that began. Um, so I started putting some stuff, some manuscripts on my computer and typing out. I affirm me actually was just me writing down and thinking through this book, but it sat on my computer for like two years because I didn't do anything with it when I was in Baltimore. Um, then I, once my husband and I got married, um, I dragged him out to Colorado um, to be closer to my family. Um, so my parents are out here and I live some of my years out here in Colorado. And this is me coming back now as an adult. Um, and so we, um, you know, tried to get settled and resituate ourselves in Colorado. And um, again, I heard the call to get some a book out into the world. And, um, you know, I was still in teaching kindergarten. Um, and that's where What's the Commotion in the Ocean? I just had this like breakthrough in the night. And I was like writing in the middle of the night on paper. And I was like, oh, I feel like this is just, this is, needs to exist. So I didn't have the funds. I wasn't connected to a publisher. I was like, let's start with self-publishing. Let's do this. So I created a Kickstarter, asked for 10,000. I was like, I feel like that's a reasonable number for all the moving pieces and I want a quality product. And so here we go. 
Um, and that's kind of where that began is I got overfunded. Um, I got, I went viral on um, Pantsuit Nation on, t on Facebook and that's kind of where that took off. And that was really, really amazing. And um, that's actually how my literary agents found me was through the illustrations. I found my illustrator, her name's Sophia Glishko uh, for, she's the illustrator of What's the Commotion in the Ocean and I Affirm Me and I found her on Fiverr. She's wow. from Russia. Um, she's really amazing. Uh, she's very talented and very, very kind. And we just, the language barrier is there, but we make it work. Um, and we persevere. And as long as like we're communicating via text, it seems to function well. Um, and here we are two books later. So she's done What's the Commotion in the Ocean for me and uh, I for me. And um, yeah, so when, you know, my Kickstarter got fully funded, it was like, oh, people want this. People see this need as well and want things in the world. So that's kind of where that stepped off. And then again, timing, divine timing is everything for real, for real, because like the fact that, um, you know, I for me got picked up, you know, in 2020 because there was that higher demand, like that realization in publishing that like, hey, we're not meeting the mark here. There is this need that we have not met. There are stories that have not been told and it's time to start changing that. So that's kind of where I was picked up through that. There was a bidding war for IFRM me. So that's, you know, it was quite a kickoff into the um, publishing industry. Can you, um, can you really quickly explain to our listeners what that means? Because not a lot of people, I, I know no, what that means. And I'm like, I don't, what? But it sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what that means is that when my literary agents, um, so what was happening, honestly, and this is, again, I kind of do this untraditional route, which is why I always say there's all these rules in publishing. And I always say, break them, like do what you hear you need to be doing because like, that's not how we're winning out here. And like, we need to go our own paths and listen to what we need to be doing. Mm. So what happened for me was, I also thought I was going to self publish I for me. So what happened was I was posting the illustrations as they were coming in from Sophia. I was posting them on my social media. Most people are not sharing their books that much of their books, especially in traditional publishing. Um, sharing your illustrations as it's going through. And so I was sharing these illustrations. People were getting so excited about this book. I was going to self-publish it. I was getting my um, Kickstarter ready. I hadn't released it yet, but I was like getting it ready. People were really excited about it. Um, and then, you know, my literary agents, I had certain books that I had pitched to them, but I hadn't pitched I for me because I was planning to self-publish it. And they had publishers reach out to them and say, hey, there's this book on her social media that like you, you've been told us about. Like, what's going on with this alphabet book? We want this book. So there were like at least about six publishers who were very interested in getting this book um, into the world through their publishing wow. company. So a bidding war is when multiple people are um, at, like trying to get you to uh, accept a contract with them through their publisher. Wow. So there was multiple contracts that came in in attempt of trying to get this book uh, through me and my literary agents. Wow. I'm just going to hold up a couple of the illustrations from this book because they are so beautiful. Like, I understand why there was a bidding war over this book because look at this. Look at Gorgeous. those pictures. And then again, like you said, the, the message like N is for natural. I love mm. myself fully and deeply. I radiate confidence, self-respect and inner harmony. I oh. am a diamond already. Oh, our babies need this so much. Yes. Girl, I need this. I only had child needed it too, but I'm like, I'm still like, oh, the babies. I mean, I think I was writing for my inner child for real, for real, because yes, 
a hundred percent. So many adults are like, I need this book. This is so suitable for me. And again, it's like, I watched this self-love a lot later than I would have liked. Like when I look back now and I'm hoping that this book will come back that in terms of like, I'm loving all the self-love books that are coming out for our community. And it's mm -hmm. so necessary and so needed because our kids, like that wasn't there. It's like, my parents really did try to get me as much black literature as possible, but like it wasn't existing the way it's existing now. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. And another piece that I really love that you're focusing on, Nyasha, is again, this idea of decolonizing our minds, mm -hmm. our literature and our spiritual spaces. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the community that you've been building around this idea of decolonizing ourselves? Yeah. I mean, the whole uh, like point of decolonizing is just really, it's an unlearning. There's a lot of things that we've been taught or had not been taught, right? A lot of things that have been left out. Um, and it's time to like, rewrite the narrative and rechange that because again we've only looked at stories from certain angles and so i'm really looking at it through literature and media lens but there's honestly so much decolonizing in so many areas of our life um an example is also just again we're here easter great but it's also like again do you know the origins of easter do you know where it began and then we think about again um since we centralize Christian holidays very, very deeply in our society, like our decorations, even in our like our uh, you know uh, communal spaces, malls, everything are very centered around Christmas and it's like and all these holidays that are Christian holidays. But not everybody is a Christian, and so it's just opening your mind beyond. I think what we've been told: this is the norm, this is correct, this is right. It's like reimagining of that because there's so many things that have been told incorrect. Um, an example, again, my locks like that. My hair journey has been a decolonizational journey for me because, again, what did I grow up with? Like wanting relaxed, straight hair like that mm -hmm. was the thing. That's what I wanted. I wanted locks as long as I could, like my hair as long as I could. I wanted it to be nice and straight and like flowing and, you know, all the things. And again, not loving my natural hair is results of colonization of racism and internalized hate all these moving pieces and so it's really sitting with these things and realizing why do i believe the, th the things that i do and like retraining your brain around the things that we've been told to believe in in terms of our systems that are no longer serving us is what i would say mm -hmm. yeah i love that yeah, and I like to make space for BIPOC authors and creators. Um, I try and meet like once a month with my friend. We hold space for especially BIPOC authors um, and make space for critique because we need our own critique spaces. I don't really see critique spaces that are, um, a lot of times when I go into critique spaces, it's all white people and just me. So I like to create spaces where I'm seeing other faces and hearing other stories. Um, and the other thing is, um, we're here to decolonize our dreams because our dreams have been colonized for real. For real. Mm. So it's time for us to start reimagining thinking beyond what exists right now and just making this space where like, it's just so inspirational. Every time I'm in that space and you just hear the things people are working on, it just inspires you. And it's just mm -hmm. so amazing what our community is doing and the things that people are working on. Yeah. So you were speaking on different things like um, the decolonizing of the mind. You touched on like um, basically like giving uh, people like us children at a young age, showing them who they are and uh, their greatness so that they don't have so long of a gap between their self-realization and their self-love of themselves. 
would you yes. consider this like and also seeing more of people who look like us in all spaces creative would you consider this like that being like the focus of your work as an author like what would you consider like if you were to put into words like okay as an author this is the focus that i have this is the intention that i have what would that be how would you describe that yeah i would describe it as my um my instagram handle which is writing to change the narrative i'm writing to change what like doesn't exist right now or what i have not seen and what is needing needed or missing um I think in another example, I have a book that I hopefully would picked up by a publisher, but it's about um, eating with your hands. So I have, there's a lot of cultures that eat with their hands. And that's something that in Western culture, we really have dictated that you don't eat with your hands. Like we literally, you know, traditionally kids are getting their hands slapped when they're trying to eat something with their hands. Um, we've also made it to, oh, there are a certain acceptable foods to eat with your hands. Like a hamburger is okay, pizza is okay, but pasta and other things are not. And, you know, this is not true for other cultures. There's a lot of cultures that eat with their hands. It's very normalized. It's actually very good for your body in terms of not overeating because your hands are very connected to your body and it will actually stop you a lot earlier in terms of monitoring yourself in terms of how much you're eating and mm -hmm. um, listening to your body better. But I think that like, it's something that, again, if I'm at a fancy restaurant and I'm used to eating with my hands and I'm out here, it's... Um, there's judge, there's going to be judgment if I'm out here eating my like bolognese with my hands. Right, um, yeah. the reality is, is that like, again, it's because this lens we've been told and put under that this is not acceptable or okay. Um, and I have lots of friends who have stories like this that like have been challenging for them growing up because they grew up in households where they ate with their hands. And so when they went to spaces where that was not the norm, it was very challenging for them. And they had to basically alter who they were and like what was natural for them to fit this westernized, normalized standard that had been creating. So things like that, there's lots of things I, you know, and, um, I host Equity Chats, which is a, like a group on Clubhouse, and we try and dig into things like that. And sometimes it's just fun things like we dig into like um, Wednesday. Avatar 2, you know, <laughs> and we just look through look, look at them through an equity lens. Like what did they do great and what are like extremely problematic parts of this? And then sometimes we really talk the heavy like white supremacy does not require a white majority. Um, and we talk about like really heavy topics that we want to address. Like we're going to talk about um, nonprofits and what's going on with nonprofits mm -hmm. and the problems and the, you know, issues within nonprofits and looking at nonprofits through an equity lens. So, yeah, it's a fun space and we always welcome people. So we like to have community conversation about it. Um, we recently did BIPOs and BIPOCs in cosplay, which was really interesting because that's not a community I'm a part of. So we brought some people on who are part of the cosplay community. And that was very interesting to listen to their experiences and kind of why they do cosplay to begin with. That wow. is so great. I've actually sat in on one of those equity chats, which was about <laughs> Wednesday. And I was yeah. so, so glad to have sat in on that because I watched the show. I love the show, but there were so many things that were problematic about the show and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And so I was so glad you had this chat because I was just like, yes, these are all the things I had. Like I loved it, but it was just like so problematic. Yes. So we're yes. definitely going to add those, the links to all of these things that you're doing because they are beautiful gatherings and community building and um and great spaces especially for BIPOC people thank you. um 
So before we run out of time, let's get into these black tarot cards. (laughs) (laughs) Walk us through, how did you come up with the idea? What is your relationship to spirituality, especially in this realm? How did this come up for you from, you know, again, from beginning to end? Because also, I don't know if everybody knows this, like, Yasha, you've gotten these cards into Target, Walmart, like really big distributors who I'm actually surprised that they took them on. given the context of everything Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so yeah please share this story with us because i know this is what the people really came to hear (laughs) i mean they want to hear all of it but they're like no this is what i really want to hear because i love everything (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean black tarot so again lack of representation i'm like divination um has always kind of called to me as soon as i really started um sitting with spiritually what felt correct because i grew up in the church um my parents weren't about a specific denomination it was like what is the church doing out in the world what is their outreach and that's the churches that we attended so i you know was baptized lutheran we were lutheran for a while and then i've been mennonite i was uh confirmed in the anglican church so i've been through many denominations and you know, my parents are very much about outreach, humanitarianism, humanitarian, humanitarian, can I say this word right now? Humanitarianism. <laughs> and that, again, is very in alignment with me being um, an Aquarius. I'm like all about that. So very in alignment with me. But, um. Aquarius too. Yes. Love Aquarius um so yeah i was not seeing representation enough in decks there are there are some that exist and i'm actually going to do soon a post on the black decks that i do have that i love like by bfpoc creators um but i wasn't seeing exactly what i needed for me um specifically in remembering the meetings as much as i love tarot i was struggling with really getting the meetings and i think this is like again plays into like how we all learn differently right Mm -hmm. and some of us are like visual and auditory or all the different ways and i think for me the visual creation of this deck was really helpful in terms of me really locking in the meanings and what the cards mean so when i was creating the deck it was like okay thinking about each card thinking about the world thinking about the devil thinking about what would this visual look like for me and i would know this is the meanings because you the meanings are pretty like across the board when you're looking at the rider wade smith and we obviously have to pay homage to smith because she's often forgotten and we need to pay honor to her contribution because illustrators really are a huge part of the deck um and in me saying that i'll also pay honor to my illustrator um this is a good friend of mine her name is kamishka naidu and she um, went to high school with me and we've connected in other parts of the world like when we're in Paris we connected and so we've had connections beyond high school um, but uh, I, I've noticed that when people start waking up uh, I, I mean in the most typical sense like start kind of breaking out of the matrix we can say um, <laughs> and spiritually evolving creativity seems to be a part of that process and so when I saw her doing illustrations and kind of creating I was like hmm I wonder what's going on there. And so we rekindled and I was like, I have this project. Would you be interested? And she was like, yes, I would love to do this. So that's kind of where the cards took off. Um, 
And creating a deck and something so spiritual is this really interesting process because it's like, you have to be very conscious of where you are spiritually and what's going on with you as you're creating, because mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're like, when we would go through challenging moments while we were creating, we would pause on the deck because we wanted to make sure that that energy wouldn't be like connected to the deck because we wanted very specific intention when creating it. Um, the goal is ancestral connection. It's really my, um, roots and decolonizational journey of reconnecting with my ancestors is really centered in the deck and also healing for me um you know part of decolonization is grief it's uh this mourning you do of loss that we had as a community and so part of that for me is like um you know the black family was really broken up intentionally through slavery and then it continued forth as much as i identify as a feminist and I was a feminist, it actually did do a lot of harm to the black community um, when it really rose up feminism. Um, and so, you know, for me, I know that I'm part of the LGBTQA community, um, but in the deck, um, while there's a lot of community care, all the relationships are um, straight, homo, uh, uh, heterosexual relationships. And the reason for that for me was just to really heal for me the relationship of the black male and the black female just of how it's been so there's so much intentional harm that's been in that relationship and so for me it was really important to show strength in that relationship mm -hmm. and show that relationship in a healed way um and so there's a lot of aspects of the deck like that that are um really important to me and why I had what I had drawn, like in terms of what I visually saw and Kamishka creating what I visually wanted in those ways. Um, I think this is my favorite card and it was crazy because I just opened the deck and pulled it up. This is one of my favorite cards, the Ace wow. of Baskets. Um, oh, yes. Yes, it's one of my favorites. It's just, yeah, so nurturing. Um, I also wanted cards that like people get scared of in tarot. I think that there's cards that scare people. And I think an example would be death. And so I really wanted to reframe and rethink about how to draw those and what that could look like. And so my death, you know, I wanted this child. And because death is about cycles, right? And it's about mm -hmm. like, death isn't scary. It's like, it happens all the time when you move, when you change jobs, like relationships end and begin. Like, this is all death. This is all cycles. We're consistently going through them. And so I wanted this child very at peace with this skeleton, um, which could be ancestral or elder and, you know, in peace with this in terms of um, this connection that they have within the space. And it's in a garden because garden is growth and it's like also death and there's cycles throughout this. So the whole point of this whole card was to reframe and have people view death in a different sense. And I'm grateful that I'm seeing more and more death positive spaces. I'm seeing death doulas. I'm seeing people not being so afraid of death because I don't think it needs to be looked at in such a fearful way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I hope that my deck also helps in those ways. Um, and then, you know, the suits, I changed the suits as well. Um, you have your typical suits, um, which is your swords, your pentacles, your, sorry, I use my deck a lot. So I'm like, sometimes I mess up on the other one. But, um, so it's swords, pentacles, uh, wands, and um, coins. 
the last week. Pentacles. Pentacles is coins on my deck. Um, why am I blanking on the last one? Oh, cups, because I changed it oh. to bath. Yes. So, yeah, I wanted to change in some ways because I think, again, baskets to me are. I don't know. There's a community connection in baskets. I think of like old weaving of baskets and things like that. That's kind of about this community care aspect. And I think there's emotion in what we carry in baskets. I don't know. So to me, that mm-hmm. felt very natural to do it that way. I've seen it done once before. And so that inspired me. Um, cowrie shells also in terms of money, um, you know, because cowrie shells were a very, like it was a form of money for us in Africa and it's also a shine of wealth and abundance and so that's what felt very natural to me to swap pentacles for coins and then visually show that through um the cowrie shell Mm -hmm. so yeah things like that and then um you know I just the whole deck is I wanted to make sure that the the BIPOC community could see themselves in the deck that was very important to me um and I was inspired by a lot of community members as I am with my children's books. Like some of the people in IFR me are inspired by people I know or people I see on Instagram who are doing amazing things. And so I take a lot of inspiration from what's around me and things I'm exposed to. And so um, there's a lot of beautiful creativity happening and I just, I'm inspired a lot. And so things come to creation from me being inspired. <laughs> So how did you get, how did, how did um, it come about the relationship with getting in these big box distributors? Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, that is all of my publisher running press kids. Well, is where I started with them. So running press kids did I affirm me. And then they also, I just got, I am somebody which is coming out in June. So that's on my shelf right now. I just recently got the first copies of that. And I have a couple other books coming out with them later this year um, and in 2024. But they saw the deck when I first got my, signed on with them for Aya for me. And they were like, oh my goodness, this is gorgeous. We want this. So they have a, under running press, they have RP Mystics, which is a branch. And so they were like, we want to take it on through that. And so they took um, the deck and I'm just, the packaging, I mean, oh my gosh, like, it's beautiful, like, the orange and the purple, it's so gorgeous, I was like, honestly, I have to say I was inspired by um, Kim Cran's decks, I don't know if anyone uses those, I love Kim Cran, her decks are gorgeous, and I love her magnetic case, and like, those are some of my favorite decks in my collection, and so I was like, I want something as beautiful quality as that, like, her stuff is so great, and so that inspired my packaging, and they just did a phenomenal job of bringing what I saw to life in terms of that. Um, but they really pushed the deck out and I just remember how excited my editor was when she called me up to tell me that Target was going to have it in house. She was like, this is huge. Cause she, they honestly did not expect that. They totally thought that I, for me would be more likely to be in house. That was something they were really shocked. This was not the product that they expected Target to take. I don't know if I've seen a tart, like a tarot deck at Target, honestly. Right. So I was blown away and it's just been 
been so affirming and amazing and it's great for people to be able to purchase it in that way um and like people i just get people sending me photos all the time oh my gosh here's your dad like it's so, so sweet um and i love that and it's like yeah so it is honestly my first book that's actually physically in target so my first writing piece so that's really exciting and um yeah it's a unique piece and that's I, that's a good sign for target i think that's a good sign of change and things because i'm like it's definitely not the piece that my publisher thought would would be picked up not the piece that i thought but here we are and we are absolutely in gratitude and grateful yes it's so sure. great well yeah. and just to let the people know too so rp studios is an imprint or a division of hatchet book group mm -hmm. hatchet being a bigger publisher and then like they have smaller departments or divisions in between and underneath that so that's also for me like mind-blowing too when I saw it, it was like hatchet well, look at you hatchet that was like so funny that was amazing that was fantastic um yes. one question I have too because Nyasha you and I met on an author panel mm -hmm. for world of books many like a year or two ago which I remember I, I saw you and I was just like, I'm so, I can't even believe I'm on this panel discussion with this woman. And I was so angry at the moderator because he could not fit your name right. And I was just like, I'm still mad at that man. I'm still mad at that man. He knows who he is. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he can walk the other way when he sees me coming. <laughs> I was still mad at him. But, um, you know, for me, like, I, I just have always been so in awe of like, your productivity mm. can you break down how are you so productive <laughs> i just try and do it in chunks you know um first of all collaborations help me a lot because i think that some things i've been able to take on and really do by myself but i love collaborations i think that it just brings a different element to the writing pieces and i think um there's some bigger works that felt very intimidating to me because like right now i'm working on a decolonized fairy tales like a whole little anthology like collection and that mm -hmm. felt very overwhelming and i have some bigger books that feel overwhelming but working on it with somebody helps me so we just like set up a meeting once a week we're knocking out we do one hour a week and it's just that consistency like it's gonna take however long it's gonna take and i you know i do the same thing with children's books it's like if when i collaborate with a children's book with someone it's like all right once a week we're meeting an hour let's knock it out let's do it and obviously things happen people get sick this happens there's weeks we don't meet but i try and be pretty consistent on like setting up a day and a time an hour with people and so i have multiple meetings like that a week with people mm -hmm. um and then something recently that i really helps me with my writing is on clubhouse they have these writing groups where people like you they start from like 8 a.m in the morning and it's right for 50 minutes 10 minute break and 10 minute talk and say how your session's going right for another 50 minutes. So it's just like a continual thing. So you're on Clubhouse with all these people, they're all working on their own projects, you're working on your projects, there's silence until that 10 minute session, and then people go back into the writing. Um, and I really like those spaces. It's like a nice consistency. It's a nice space to work. It's different. And it's like been a nice accountability on like staying consistent and working on my own personal projects because Honestly, collaborations, it's so easy for me. And it's like easier for me to keep consistent when there's somebody else with my own projects. That accountability with those groups has been really helpful on Clubhouse. But wow. yeah, just piece by piece, knocking it out. Um, yeah, and then I think sometimes when 
I'm a little bit like, uh, how's it going? Like sometimes you get to a point in your project and you're just like stuck a little bit and you don't feel as inspired. I generally try and share my project with like close people at that time. That's when those like the, you know, the author critique play space that I host or good, good friends sending it to them and having them look over it. Sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then it re-inspires you like, okay, I've got to keep going. People love this. This is, it's coming along. It's, it's, it's showing um, and it's building how I want it to build, you know? Mm. Wow. I'm so, that's, not only is it inspiring, but it's very impressive. It, it's the reason why I feel like as creatives, it's always good to just say, you've got to really just be tapped into what is your personal journey as creative. Because everything that you've said is so out of the box. Mm. You know what I mean? Like people really think, okay, I've got to be three times a day, all day, seven days a week, up at 5 a.m., not in the bed until 2 a.m. I mean, like, girl, you flowing through like, yeah, so I did about an hour with this person and we just really hit it really hard. And your results are target. I'm like, I'm listening to you. Like, I'm tapping in. I'm not trying to get a target. But I'm just saying, like, if you can be productive and still flow in a way that feels more gentle and yeah. soft with yourself, I really do believe, like you're an example, that you will get whatever this is supposed to grow into, but you'll do it in a pleasurable state. And then you're tapped into when you're being realistic, like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not feeling this. And that idea of like, show your friends and it's like it reignites because it's so true. When you get with your creative friends and they're talking <laughs> about their projects and they're saying about yours and you're like, man, I need to get to work. You know, mm -hmm. I need to get back to doing this. And it's just amazing, but it's just really just, just affirms that whole thing of like thinking outside the box. Things don't show yes. up the way that you think they're going to show up and be open to that and okay to that. Like, don't get so strong. Like, no, it was supposed to be this project. It's like, oh, not this, maybe yes. later. This one, you yes. want this? Okay, well, let's talk. Like yes. to be that open and to flow like that, like that's, that's so in tune and so impressive. Like I'm so impressed, but I'm also like, <laughs> I yeah, like I will say, inspired. like you said, like listening, you know, um, like I have one friend, we're working on a bunch of projects, but like, there's times where I'm like, hmm, like this one, we keep missing these meetings. It feels like maybe this is not the project we're supposed to be working on right now because mm -hmm. we seem to keep having something. So mm -hmm. I'm like, let's go back to this one, you know? And so, cause we were working on a children's book um, and we want to do it as a children's book and a graphic novel, but you know, the children's book, we got stuck at a point. So we're like, all right, let's do the, let's focus on the graphic novel, do that right now. And then we maybe once the graphic novel's done, we'll be able to come back to the children's book and it will flow because it's like, it's their extensions of themselves. So, you know, just listening to where you need to be and what you need to be doing. Um, yeah. And it's like, if something isn't flowing, try something else. And like something that I'm one of those people, uh, I got so stuck in my head in terms of like doing things in order um, like starting at the first page and going to the last. And it's like, that doesn't have to be like that at all. And it's like something I had to break within myself of being like, okay, like if this section isn't working, just continue to the next section and you'll come back to it. And like, just working that out for me. Cause I just, in my head, sometimes I'm like, no, it has to be done in order. It has to be like this. And it's like, no, you got to learn to like have flow in that and break. Another one of my favorite tools for writing is the writer emergency pack. 
Um, so it's this card deck, like similar, like cards. We're talking about cards. <laughs> this is cards too. Um, and so I will honestly, the same way I do tarot, will like cleanse the cards and shuffle if I'm like stuck in a story and it gives suggestions on like the flow of your story or adding things or changing things. So this is their first deck. And then they had a Kickstarter for a second deck. Um, so they should have a second deck coming out pretty soon. Wow. Okay. Well, speaking of second deck, you've got the mm -hmm. Oracle deck coming out. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What can we expect from this new deck? Yeah. So the Oracle deck, um, it was picked up by Andrew McNeils, um, the Kansas City publisher. And I um, wrote it with my sister. So my second youngest sister, I have a bunch of sisters, but my second youngest sister. And I wrote it together. She's also an author. And... I heard the call to write an elemental deck and I was like, do you want to do this with me? And she's like, sure. So we wrote spirit together and then she wrote earth and uh, fire and I wrote air and water. Um, so we wrote the elements that we're most connected to, but we had really interesting uh, connections within the elements and like definitely um, just had interesting experiences and spiritual growth when it, within all the elements through creating the deck. But Kamishka, my the woman who, my friend, the woman who did Black Tarot, is illustrating that deck as well. So it's also it's beautiful. Um, so much African print, and it's like we did it to each uh, element has its color, and the African print is in that color on each of those cards. It's really mm. gorgeous. Um, so it's really really beautiful deck. Um, so that deck is yeah focusing on the elements. I saw it as like you know the elements are within and outside of us. So they're like within us and outside of us. And it's about finding that balance within the elements within us and outside. So that's the goal of the deck is finding that balance. Um, so it was a fun deck to do with her and I'm really excited for it to come out into the world. Um, that's the elemental Oracle. And um, what I also think the alchemist elemental Oracle, but I think what's also interesting about that deck um, we got to have a lot of fun with the journal. So I wrote a journal for Black Tarot. So for people who want to start making that regular practice, I have that journal that goes along with it. Um, but the journal for the Oracle is next level. Real hyped about that one. Because it's like, do you know people who love those bullet journals? I hadn't really messed around with those bullet journals that much, but this bullet journal is amazing. Um, not only did we create like bullets, these gorgeous illustrations throughout the whole thing, but the bullet journal is really cool because um, I built these trackers in for each month in tracking your spiritual cleansing and stuff like that, like taking care of yourself, yourself spiritually, your home spiritually, the, all these trackers in terms of like spiritual uh, practices. And so it's really amazing. Nice. I'm really hyped for that journal to come out. And lots of shadow work and like work to grow and work on yourself and evolve. So that journal, I'm like, I know that's going to be doing some next level work for people spiritually. That is so cool. I'm so excited. Okay. So <laughs> my, my dollars, my dollars mm -hmm. to make sure I can buy that deck and that journal when it or that Oracle deck and the journal when it comes out. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yes. It is available for pre-order, which we know how important pre-orders are for authors. So. Please help mm -hmm. girl out. <laughs> the link will be in with all of this. Right. <laughs> we will direct the people. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually working on another deck with another uh, 
person I'm collaborating with now. So I'm really excited about that. That one just randomly came through. I found the right person in terms of collaboration. And so I'm really excited about that one too, after this one. So real estate. Wow. Well, I feel like we could, I mean, okay, first of all, Monica, I'm going to speak for you. We're going to have to have you come back because <laughs> we barely even scratched the surface with our questions. Um, but I think it's time for the this or that speed round of the conversation. Um, so really quickly, we do this with our, our guests. Um, I'm going to give you two options, this or that. You pick one as you can't think about it. First one, whatever comes to mind, like, pick one and explain why you picked it. Um, I did a little bit of deep dive in your inspiration that you've posted on uh, social media. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Let's start with the easy, easy one. Reading or meditation? Reading. Oh. <laughs> Reading. Okay. And why? Um, I, okay. I, I like reading, but I will say reading children's books. Like I really love reading children's books. Um, and so I have quite the collection. Um, and especially with the black scratch off poster that I work, that I was working on, um, second version. Um, but that poster is super fun because again, it allows you to support black authors. Um, but I just got to read the most amazing books. There's so much amazing writing happening in our community. Um, as I was, as we were picking what books to put on the second poster, um, and the books are just gorgeous. And so I just, I love reading children's books. Like just, it's the creativity is just beyond. So. Can I just do a quick pitch really quickly while you're yeah. talking about that in case, I don't know if you've heard about it yet. Can oh, I, give... I saw that on your Instagram and I like literally like I've got it saved. I'm like, yes, I need to get that book. Yeah. Everybody must get this book. Can we please give the police department to the grandmothers by Janata Petrus and Kristen Yoroda? It's stunning. It's stunning. It's stunning. So I'm putting on like everybody's to be read. I don't care how old you are, whether you are one years old or 101 years old, please get this book. It's amazing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Your turn, Monica. Oh, look, I'm just all into the, I'm just like, I'm like all in like a student. You got, like, I'm you just got like, lost in the sauce. caught up. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be hosting. Okay. Um, <laughs> thought I was watching the panel for a second. Just like taking notes. Okay. Mine is candles or incense? Candles. Um, I mean, I use both, but candles, I think that they're just like a really easy offering i like candles i love anointing them with different oils my spiritual oils and yeah i like my sister is the one who wrote the elemental deck she's very good at candle reading and flame reading mm. so that's a really like she's very good at that divinationally so um doing in uh, as a divination tool so it's been really cool to learn from her and it's just yeah there's so much that speaks through flames so mm. yes Okay, next up, the boondocks or the PJs? <sighs> I will say the boondocks. The boondocks was uh, definitely ahead of its time. Definitely okay. ahead of its time. Um, and I watched all these things later. I didn't watch them at the time. Um, I've been watching them like with my husband now later. Um, and yeah, boondocks, phew, there's so many things they put in there that are just like, sure. They're like these <laughs> call outs to our world and what's happening. And 
Um, I like the PJs, but PJs is like, it's kind of on that line of kind of the Dave Chappelle thing of like, are the people laughing with us or at us vibes? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's that like rougher line. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I do think that's a, it's, it's a period piece. It is like, it's a, it's a, that, that show is of a specific time and it really speaks of the community in that time period. So yes. Okay. My um, last one, which is um, preference daytime versus nighttime. I think nighttime, I'm really like the moon. So mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can connect with the moon, I'm really, like, really happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then my last one is the new Disney Little Mermaid or the mermaid from your book, What's the Commotion in the Ocean? <laughs> You're saying the new one as in the live action? Yes. Or, okay. The um, only I mean, one. Let's just say I the have... only one. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, obviously, but um, as much as I'm like so excited for the live action in terms of like black, like black mermaids seeing themselves because I'm one of those black mermaids, you know, I have to go with my book because the story of the little mermaid is kind of problematic, you know, it goes into those like, you know, fairy tales that we're rewriting right now because a lot of those stories are like really crazy. So I will say I have to pick my book because the Little Mermaid story is problematic and a lot of like our fairy tales need to be written. They play into our systems that are harmful. Mm-hmm. And, yes. So I will say that, but it is nice to obviously, I mean, again, it's one of those things where there's like, it's bittersweet, like there's good and it's like there's, things can be both great and problematic at the same time. And this mm-hmm. is kind of what we address in equity chats a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Listen, <Neon. laughs> this was like some I sweet just, honey on the rock. Oh man, like I'm just my, my my cheeks hurt. I know that I'm going to be long after we get off of this. I am going to be trying to. Oh, thank gosh, we've got this recorded. I am going to be chewing on so many things that you have said. Oh, the things you. that you have inspired me to shift my vision and my focus differently as a creative mm. and the things that you have confirmed that I am on the right path. I feel that it feel, I feel so blessed that you came and honored that you sat with us. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful to know that there are people like you out there who are very intentional i mean like your intention to me looks very laser focused and it's not just out there just just doing its thing it's out there and it's really reaching the purpose that with which it has been sent out to so i am so grateful for you being on our show and it has been a pleasure and i'm gonna have more questions the next time we come Listen, you said the Oracle card. Look, I'm out here for myself. I know I'm supposed to be writing this up, but you said that Oracle deck is coming out when? It comes out in September. Available for pre-order now. Okay. And so we're going to make sure we get all the information. Like, so like we need to know like, okay, where are we pre-ordering? Where are we finding you on social media? Like, where is our availability to be able to go? We know we can go to Target to find your cards, but like mm-hmm. if we want to pre-order anything, where are we going? And then where are we following you so we can mm-hmm. we can get, keep up with you? Yes, yes. I will give you all that information. Um, obviously, you can follow me on Writing to Change the Narrative um, on Instagram. And then my handle on TikTok is decolonize you uh, or decolonize yourself, excuse me. I had decolonize you and then 
I lost access to my account because I forgot my login information. Oh, no. So, <laughs> I had to restart my TikTok account. That's okay, though. Um, and then, yeah, please follow me on my website, um, nyashawilliams.online. Um, and that's where you can easily have access to all the links in terms of my work. Um, and follow me on my blog and all the moving pieces. Um, yeah, I appreciate you holding space. And I love connecting with you both and I would love to come on again and just yeah please come to the um workshops that we do once a month the decolonizing dreams for BIPOC creatives I think you would really enjoy the space and we'd love to have you and you're always welcome at equity chats and um yeah like keep doing your thing like and I mean I think air signs we have to make sure that we have our grounding so that we like that's how we get things out in the world, right? Because mm -hmm. air, we got our ideas and all the things happening all the time, but we have mm -hmm. to have that grounding so that they like, we actually bring them to it forth into the world. Yes. I'm a oh. fire sign. There you go. All the passion. <laughs> all the passion. <laughs> Monica's like, oh girl, you don't even know half, the, half of it. <laughs> Her tagline is burn it all down. That's what I'm <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Leave it at that. Monica's like, she was on good behavior today. <laughs> well, I hope everyone enjoyed this as much as we did. And we'll be back and for more and visit all the links and the, the Instagram and all of the social media to show support. Hope that you guys love this. And, you know, this concludes this episode of Living Creatively with your host, Monica Parks. And Angela Dalton. Remember, you can connect with us on Instagram at Living Creatively Now, the Living Creatively Podcast Facebook page, the Living Creatively Podcast YouTube channel, and on our website, thisislivingcreatively.com to subscribe or to send us questions that you'd like us to answer or advice you may need as a fellow creative. Thank you for joining us and being a part of our Living Creatively community. And always remember to protect your heart, protect your mind, and protect your gift. Until next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>